Hi there, I'm Heidi Higgins, and you are listening to K-12 on Learning. A few weeks ago, I introduced you to Chad Austin. He taught us about why it's important to fit fitness into our life. Today, we're going to discuss another key to a healthy life. Eating healthy food provides the nutrients bodies need to stay healthy, active, and strong. Children develop their eating patterns early in life, and these habits often continue into adulthood. The early years at home are an opportunity to teach children healthy habits that will stay with them as they get older. As we prepare for the school year by taking a little bit of time and working in the kitchen with the children during the summer, you might be surprised at the good you will do for the future. I want to introduce you to Carol Jensen. Carol is a functional nutritionist and she's the owner of her own practice called Interconnected Wellness. Although her children are grown and gone now, Carol schooled all of them at home and has some insight into what it takes to keep a family healthy and ready to learn. Carol, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate the work that you're doing and I'm honored to be a part of it. It's wonderful that you provide these resources to parents. They were not available when I homeschooled. (laughs) Part of why I'm doing what I'm doing today is to break the pattern and so that parents don't have to go down the road that I went down. It was pretty rough. (laughs) I homeschooled for about 14 years. And during that time was diagnosed with preliminary heart disease, high blood pressure and beginnings of arterial sclerosis, metabolic syndrome. And, And it was because I was trying to do so much like our parents today, right? I had a baby and a toddler and a kindergartner and some grade schoolers when I started homeschooling. And my husband was traveling, was gone five days out of seven. And my health went down the tubes. I was eating way too many cookies and sweet rolls and chocolates, (laughs) struggled with weight, struggled with getting enough sleep, and realized that if I didn't take care of myself, my children would be the losers because nobody could do it for me. I began looking for those answers, and now I'm honored to be able to share some of those answers to, to parents or who are feeling like they're on a similar path, ready to fall off the cliff, and and I want to give them some tools. What is overall well-being? I like to say that it's being able to move and sleep and eat and connect and create without discomfort, pain, or fatigue. (laughs) Now, that's a tall order, isn't it? But that's what functional nutrition addresses. See, we're looking for why we're not functioning as we should be instead of just what we can do once we already have symptoms, how we can suppress those symptoms. We're looking to find that balance in the body and restore it using food as medicine. And so wholeness, wellness is not being stressed and toxic and inflamed and infected and malnourished <laughs> and unrested. Well-being is laughing and weathering stress resiliently and finding joy. Wouldn't we all like to do that right now? The, the sure. critical thing is the choices that we make every day. 
the choices about whether we move or not, what we put in our mouth, those are the choices that bring about well-being, even in the midst of challenging circumstances. And so nutrition really is key to a grateful, happy outlook. What is good nutrition for our family? What do, what do we need to consider? There's two parts to nutrition. Primary food is what nourishes our soul. Secondary food is what we put on our plates. And functional nutrition actually deals with both of those. Both are vital to health. And we need to be able to address all aspects of what raises blood sugar or what raises blood pressure or what raises weight. And they're as much psychological as they are physiological. But focusing on this secondary food, the, what we would call actual nutrients, they're what come from nature. They are unprocessed. They have a high ratio of nutrients per calorie. They work in harmony with our bodies. They come with everything in a package with everything that our bodies need to metabolize or utilize them. One nutrient isn't broken apart from another nutrient. So nutrition, good nutrition, is those real whole things that our body can use to stay unstressed, detoxed, <laughs> uninflamed, <laughs> uninfected, and so forth. Where do you recommend we start? We've got the kids at home. We're, we're struggling a little bit with this. Weight's all over the place. Cookies look awfully good. Where do we start? And I get that. We, we go to comfort foods because we're not getting our primary food that we need. <laughs> so we look to the sugar to fill that primary food need. And so it does seem like a tall order because on top of everything else, on top of working at home and schooling the children at home and seeing, well, we, we now have to add being healthy on top of it, right? We can make it fun and we can make it simple. I tell my clients, remember three words, maximize, minimize, prioritize. As you go throughout your day, just think those three words, maximize, minimize, prioritize. And what I mean by that is, what can I do to maximize fresh air, sunshine, water, oxygen, whole foods? It doesn't mean I have to be perfect on my diet today, but how can I maximize whole foods? And, and then how can I minimize those broken foods? How can I minimize the stress or at least do some things to manage the stresses in my life? How can I minimize toxins? How can I minimize trauma? And how can I prioritize the things that will support healing instead of wear and tear? How can I prioritize play and sleep and gratitude and joy? And if we have that kind of a focus as we go throughout our day, there's a lot of fun we can have. And we're going to share some of those fun things that we can do throughout the day that, that support our health, that don't stress us out. And don't overwhelm us. So what kinds of nutrition goals might a family set and implement? Sure. It's okay to start small. You don't have to start with a comprehensive plan. <laughs> start small. Maybe a family goal would be set a timer to go off every hour 
and take a five minute movement break every hour. We get in front of our screens and we sit and we sit and we sit and we sit. And it's like we're driving down the road in a car with the exhaust vented into the car, right? We just get more and more sluggish. We have to turn off the engine and roll down the windows and let the car air out. And so one family goal is when that timer goes off, have a wrestling match, play pillow tag, <laughs> just race around the house. That's a movement fitness goal, just so we're not so sedentary. And another goal is to drink water. So small goals, maybe a goal of one new vegetable a week. Mystery vegetable night, right? <laughs> Try something new and make it fun. Nutrition doesn't have to be burdensome. It doesn't have to be something that everybody dreads doing. We can make a game out of it. And, and maybe a family goal is just for the parent, you as the parent, to stop and breathe when the stress gets too heavy, right? No kidding. That, that can happen. I remember one of the things that saved sanity in my home when the girls were here was that we would get some of our work done for an hour or so. And then we would take a cleanup break because inevitably things would be out of place. There were four of us, so we were working in different places or together at times. And so we would turn on some fun music. Our Beach Boys was our choice. And we would yeah. turn on the Beach Boys and we would dance and fun and put things away. And in about 10, 15 minutes, the house was clean again and we could start a new subject. It helped. And I think parents fear taking a break because they won't get their kids back on track. But I promise the kids will work better if they've had a break <laughs> than if they just go and go and go. Because they're, if they have to just push and push, they're going to start whining. They're going to start getting distracted. It's actually the beauty of being at home is that you right? don't have to sit and sit and sit. So don't sit and sit and sit. Get out there and move and do some things. Right. And I love the dance party idea. That Yes, absolutely. Thank you for these suggestions. Do you have some resources so that we can begin to get a better life, a healthier life, and involve the children and be an example of how to be healthier? Yes. Yes, definitely. One of my favorites, and, and this works for families of all shapes and sizes, all ages, is the 100 Days of Real Food Challenge. We've talked about our secondary food needs to be real food, whole, not broken, not processed. But how do you do that when you go to the grocery store and everything has a nutrition label on it, right? Lisa Leak is a mom who had two children who was appalled when she read a book at how far her diet had degraded from a whole foods diet without her even realizing it, not even realizing she was doing anything wrong. And she was inspired to get on a more whole foods path. And she and her family decided they were going to do 100 days of whole food. <laughs> so now she has a blog, uh, 100daysofrealfood.com. She also has several books, 100 Days of Real Food on a Budget, 100 Days of Real Food, you know, with various situations that she has written. That's a great place to go to get inspired, to get ideas 
what do you feed the family that's not processed or refined? So she's a great one. If you have older kids, Tyler Gerasimo's book, The Healthy Deviant, can be very inspiring. So that might be a fun one to discuss with teenagers. Thank you. Those are some fun resources. We will include those in our podcast notes today. Carol, during the height of the pandemic, some of us may have had a anything goes attitude, <laughs> thinking it was right? going to be survival, a, survival. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I'll eat the cookies. It's COVID. Stay up all night. It's COVID. <laughs> <laughs> do, and it's do, real. And it, it's real. It, and and we don't want to cast stones. We want no, to just no. recognize we're struggling. So how do we get back on track, right? Um, it's helpful to have examples of people who are doing it. It's motivating to listen to or watch others who are making the choices that we wish we could be making. The podcast, um, The Living Experiment, gives real life experiments that you can do at home to discover the practicalities that work for you. So that's a great one to turn to um, if you need some ideas, not just on nutrition, but also on some of our primary foods, our connections, um, our creativity, our stress levels. Then for more recipes beyond the 100 Days of Real Food, I also like superhealthykids.com. She has a massive recipe bank that are quick and kid-friendly. Beyond the Recipes has an idea toolkit for fitness, for parenting, for home management. So those are just a few that I have used and enjoyed and that also my children have used and enjoyed. Isn't it interesting that when we start to think about nutrition and meals and we've got our kids home, that we have a whole army of support and help and workers. And so getting the children to, to get involved and actually um, making the meals, planning the meals, I like these resources. Definitely. Again, we will include them at the, in our podcast notes today because we want the students, so the children, to be involved. We want them to learn also. I mean, we're at home. We might as well be learning not just math and history and a few things. We need to be learning life. And, um, and, and that is a skill that has been missing in our rising generation. They microwave and they run to fast food because they don't know anything different. Exactly. Yes, we, it, it is important. And face it, you're much more likely to eat it if you cooked it yourself than if Mom put it on the table, and you say, what's in this? And she says, eat it. It's good for you. <laughs> true <Right>? that. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's been fun. And it's interesting now that some of my children are grown, it's fun to watch the, the skills that they learned when they were home. Now they're implementing them with their families in their house. And it's fun to be able to see how that works. So let's talk, Carol, I, I want to get a healthy meal on the table, and I want to make sure that it happens. Let's talk about that meal and portions. How much should we be making and eating? Very good question. You know, and we are consumed with calories because that's our world. And we think that we need to restrict calories. But I like to have people be able to visualize a healthy meal instead of having to 
look it up on my fitness pal <laughs> or you know have to chart it and so if you put your two cupped hands together that's about how much whole food you need at a sitting now if it's broken food it's not going to fill you up and you're going to want more but if it's nutrient dense real food two cupped hands is going to satisfy you so for your children when you're filling their plates their hands are much smaller and sometimes we want to give them adult sized portions and then we complain because they're not eating their meal but if you look at their hands and give them that much food and then to be able to visualize maybe you know how much of that should be protein so i like to divide my plate into quarters and i try not to have more than a quarter of my plate be what i would call the carbohydrate the starches the rice the potato the noodle not more than a fourth of my plate that and then i like to make sure that i have at least a fourth of my plate some sort of protein now not everybody are meat eaters so you know there are other ways we can get protein besides meat so maybe people are using nuts and beans and you know legumes or or maybe they're using um tempa or some, um, some other things that to fill that uh protein need and then i like the other half of the plate to be colors fruits and vegetables and fresh plant food probably heavier on the vegetables than on the fruits we get carried away with our fruits and those tend to skew blood sugars so whole fruits with the peel on where applicable to get that fiber not in beverages <laughs> but but we can visualize it that way and that's a normal meal i want to give two tips that have been just life changing for a lot of people and the first is to make sure that breakfast contains 15 grams of protein so when we're talking about how much do i eat when i'm putting this meal on and so it's about quarter of your plate that's almost a palm full of protein and that can be eggs it can be a protein shake that's that's maybe got a a plant based protein powder or something in it um maybe you make a hash that has a a sausage in it a, a sweet potato hash or something maybe you put almond butter on whole grain toast or or even leftovers from dinner who says we cannot have dinner for breakfast so that's the first tip is to not have an all carb breakfast we are so used to a granola bar or a bowl of cereal for breakfast and then it drops us at 10 a.m. and then we're snacking the rest of the day so a whole food breakfast <laughs> with plenty of ample protein in it the second tip is that if you do have to snack then you're combining a fruit or a vegetable with a natural fat or protein so you're pairing up your snacks because the fruit or the vegetable will give you the blood sugar elevation if your uh, your blood sugars have dropped and you're shaky you need something right now so the fruit or the vegetable will bring those blood sugars back up but then the the healthy fat or the protein with it 
will help stabilize so you can get off the roller coaster and not drop again in an hour or two. An example would be baby carrots with hummus or cherry tomatoes with a hard-boiled egg. Or the kids love this one because we can put it on a skewer and make a little kebab out of it, grapes and cheese cubes. Or almonds and apples. I mean, it's, it's really a simple concept once you start thinking in terms of something that has some fat or protein in it and start pairing it with a fruit or vegetable. The combinations are endless. But those two tips will help people have healthier portions because then the inclination to just snarf the chips and the donuts bagfuls at a time will diminish. <laughs> yeah, there's a running joke around here that if the bag is open, it's gone. So <laughs> you have to be kind of careful. <laughs> yes. Thank you for these suggestions. Now, this is, this is helpful to have a, a snack that's around to eat a, a whole and healthy breakfast. Thank you for that. I want to lead by example, so I'm going to implement these kinds of things. What are the benefits when I lead that way? You know, our children cannot aspire to excellence when all they ever see is mediocrity. What is there to learn from? How do they know that there's anything more to aspire to? But when they see us growing, it instills within them the desire to reach for their own stars. So yes, that is the benefit of leading by example. And we were talking about having examples of people that are doing it themselves for us to follow that are inspiring, right? And, and we talked about letting the kids participate in the kitchen, that's inspiring, right? And, and the key there is the education. When we know better, we do better. Do we not? <laughs> Education is the key to our willpower. It really is. So here's another res, uh, resource. If, if our parents are avid readers, um, a great book to pick up is Dr. Greger's How Not to Die. <laughs> that might be an inspiring one. <laughs> I like the title, for sure. <laughs> Thank you. So, Carol, what's the best piece of advice, of nutritional advice, you can give to our families? You know, if I were to put it as succinctly as I can, I would just say, buy food that does not have a nutrition label. Single ingredient foods, oats, eggs, butter, fish, apples, spinach, right? And if finances are a concern, buy frozen vegetables instead of fresh ones. So there's, there's things we can do as you shop. Try to shop the perimeter, the meat and dairy and produce sections rather than the middle where all the packaged and boxed is. So food without a label. We also need to talk a little bit about time. Some of our families, because they're schooling at home, feel pressed for time. And that's sometimes the reason they go to the fast food or go to the box macaroni and cheese. What are some yes. tips, may I ask, if you uh, yes. recommend about <laughs> utilizing time when it comes to preparing good nutrition for the family? 
a couple of different ideas that I've used myself and had other families implement. The first is batch cooking. You cook once and you eat three or four times. And so that means perhaps on a day off, a non-school, non-work day, maybe it's a a soup or a a salad or a casserole or a, a baked dish. Maybe it's an egg casserole that's a breakfast meal. But I can make, if my family eats a pan at a sitting, I can make two two pans. Why do I have to cook every single meal? Why do I have to cook when I'm trying to work in school? Why not have it in the fridge and then just pull it out? And so you spend a one day prepping and then you eat for three or four or five days. So that really is a time saver. That's a good reminder, Carol. I learned very early that a crock pot came in very handy. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Now we have instant pots and air fryers. And for those of us who don't always prepare well in advance, those are a lifesaver. And I also like involving my children at breakfast time to cut up all the ingredients so we can be prepared for later and that our machines can be working for us while we're working. I have a a niece that I admire that has all of her children at home. Before they start their school, first thing in the morning, they all get in the kitchen and they're all chopping and peeling (laughs) and they will do whatever food prep they need for that day as far as, yes, uh, vegetables do take a little more effort. (laughs) Whole foods do take a little more effort. But if you get everybody in helping, it goes very quickly. You can spend 15 or 20 minutes and have it done and then have what you need. And you can create wonderful meals. Some of my family favorite things are fajitas in, uh, in the Instant Pot or crock pot, and just some really nice, uh, simple meals that do include the vegetables, do include the nice protein. And I just, I think that it's, it's a doable thing if we really think about it, if we make it a part of our diligent effort. Right, and that crock pot, you can put the ingredients in while the family is eating breakfast and then dinner is ready. The end of the day is crunch time. Everybody's trying to finish up assignments. You're trying to go here and there for whatever meetings or or things that you have and then everybody's hangry. And so front load meal preparation. <laughs> Absolutely correct. To front load that. I love I love that term because it takes the pressure off. Sometimes as the day progresses it can get heavy if we don't have some of those things crossed off. Thank you for everything today, Carol. Can you tell us where we might go if we want to speak personally to a functional nutritionist? A good place to go to find one is AFMC certification. A is in alpha, F is in fox talk, M is in Mike, C as in Charlie, certification.com to find somebody that has this background in balancing the body in a preventative measure through primary and secondary whole foods. Thank you for listening to K-12 On Learning, sponsored by Stride. To learn more about online public schools powered by Stride K-12, Stride Career Prep programs that foster lifelong learning, or any of the private school or individual course offerings, please go to stridelearning.com or k12.com. 
Special thanks to Tree K Studios for providing the music for us. Remember to subscribe to this podcast and feel free to leave us a good review. We hope you'll join us next time for K-12 on Learning.